Gotta get in the mood. Oh! Alright, we're all good? <laughs> Alright, we're all good. Yeah. Alright, sweet! Yo! Welcome to Band Talk! <laughs> uh, how's everyone doing tonight? Pretty good. Wow, damn, look at look at that mini collective that we got going on. We got like a crowd shot going on. We do have a crowd shot going on, that is too good. I feel like it's like, babe talk like goes to the streets. Like. <laughs> we actually are going to start pulling people like from, from the streets and talking to them. So anyway, speaking of collectives, we have Dennis and Derek from Table Time Rec- I'm dyslexic. I really am severe dyslexic. Table Time Record Collective. Timetable Records. Timetable Records. So close. Collective. So close. I'm gonna, you know, the show's over. That's it. I'm done. The show's over. You ruined everything. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to give your host up. And of course, we have Alex North filling in for us tonight. Hey. And we got Glenn Jose Ramirez. Yo. What's up? All right. So let me try not to fuck up anything ever again and just kick off the show. We start every show by asking. <laughs> I still see this like body of people. It's gonna be interesting to ask how everyone's day was because I'm just, I'm expecting to hear like just like seven different answers all at once. <laughs> but we start off the show by asking our panelists and guests how their day was, and I guess we'll start with Derek. Well, do you want the long story or the short story? Yeah, we got time. We can jump right into it. All right, go ahead. Not complaining. I had class today. It was pretty sweet. I handed in an extra credit assignment early. <laughs> So I felt pretty good about that in my psych class. And then I went to work, and I took a nap, and then I came here to run practice for four different bands because there's a big show on Friday. And four? actually, the camera is right now on top of 36 pallets. i show you this stuff. I, I need to see this. So, like, I don't even know if I can get it. Oh, here goes the water. water there's literally, good. Yeah, there's literally 36 pallets. So we're building a stage. Sweet shit. Yeah. All right, now, now what bands do you have practicing in your space tonight? Uh, we had four. First, we had Social Loafers, which is a band that I play in, and my man Kevin plays in. Everybody. That band's playing on Friday. Then right after that, uh, a new, like, ambient pop band, I guess you could say. Yeah, like an emo band. My friend Amanda and my friend Michelle sing in. Uh, and I played drums in practice called Eliza. It's only like our fourth practice or something like that. So we were jamming. And then the kids and nothing left ran their set because they were playing at the show on Friday. And uh, the headliner at Empath is practicing in the basement right now. And that's where Dennis is. He's running practice for us. Sweet, sweet. That's he also the, the, that you guys give him. So he's my man. He'll let me get the beginning of the show. Oh, there you go. Give him a big old hug for me. I will, definitely. I hope <laughs> Dennis <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Alex, how was your day today? Um, certainly not as interesting as uh, Derek's day is. But... Well, your life is not really all that interesting to begin with, so. Oh, well, thanks, Ollie. <laughs> uh, Damn. Essentially, I uh, hung out because today is my day off. I have every Wednesday off from work, so I just kind of hung out. I played, like, Call of Duty, finally beat the game for, like, I only bought the game like a few days ago, so you know. But but I finally got to beat it. Now I never have to play the campaign mode again, so I'm pretty happy. 
I actually and... didn't know that Call of Duty came with a campaign mode. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's it's a lot more than just you know screaming like twelve year olds. <laughs> I would have never known that. How is it? I, I heard that it was um comparable uh, to well, Titanfall. Well, like. When I started playing it, like, the first night, I kind of jumped right into the multiplayer, and I really didn't like it at all, because it had, like, all, like, that, like, jetpack business going on, where, like, kids flying around on jetpacks, you know, doing all the annoying stuff that they do. Yeah, but, uh, eventually, you know, I played through the campaign on veteran mode, which, because I'm a veteran, I obviously, you know, I, I, I know how to handle my, my, handle my shit at Call of Duty, uh, but, uh. Yeah, so I, I played through that, uh, and then I hopped on multiplayer again, and I did pretty good. Like I was just straight up like all over the place. So, so yeah, it got, it got better. It got better. I'm I'm happy to say, but that was basically my day. So sounds like a good day, dude. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty okay day. It wasn't great. It was okay. Chill days are always good days, you know? Sure. Every day in my life is a chill day. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have to go to work, then that, that's a chill day in my book. Oh, yeah, totally. I feel you. Oh, look, Dennis is back. And your This is your eye. All right, so uh, apparently Ollie's computer is having some technical difficulties, so it is my duty to go over and ask the next person how their day was. So, Glenn, how was your day? Uh, today was pretty chill. Like, in the morning, I just, like, woke up late, and then I went to class at, like, 5 because I have, like, late classes. And then on the bike ride home from class, like, I got in, like, a bike crash. Like, like the dude was coming towards me, and I was going, and it was dark. And, like, he, like, swerved to the left, so I was going to go right. And then he went right, and then I went left. And then he went left, and it was too late, and we crashed. And, like, I, like, flipped over, and I was good. And I was like, dude, are you good? And he's like, yeah. And we just looked at each other, gave each other a high five, and we're like, we're good. That's like that must have been the most friendly... It was like awkward as fuck. The most friendly so crash of any sort in ever in history. The first thing I did was get up and was like, dude, are you good? And then I was like, <laughs> is your bike good? And then is your bike was, good? Yeah. And then I went to Subway because I'm hungry. Look at you being all uh, friendly. And what did you get at Subway, Glenn? Uh, the Italian sub. The Italian sub. Well, Pretty man. good choice. I I'd say you had a pretty okay day, even though you know you crashed your bike. But you know, you you met a chill dude, so. You I know. mean, my bike's fine. I'm fine. I got subway. It was just awkward, really, and just wasted like two minutes of my time. That was it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so that seems pretty cool. Uh, now that I think, now that I think that Dennis is actually hanging around somewhere in that group shot. No, Let me Dennis, ask, how, Dennis, how was his day? Uh, Dennis's day is still happening because he's still working in the basement. He came up to say hi and then he ran back because 
We're currently running practice because he's doing all sorts of stuff. Gotcha. His day is currently. How about Kevin's day? You asked Kevin about his day. All right. So, Kevin, in lieu of Dennis, how was your day? Um, it was all right. I washed dishes for a couple hours and did nothing. Again. <laughs> that is like the perfect day, basically. We got other people here that had also had some days. Ryan. <laughs> had some okay. days. Uh, my day was pretty bad. Kicked my hat here at high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, high school is the worst. Um, I don't know. I have tests tomorrow, so not studying or whatnot. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 There That's pretty cool. Have a good day. Oh, yeah. Have a good day. Cool. Went Everybody just went to school and then came to practice. That, that's how our day went. I love how everyone said, said that, like, going to school was a good thing in their day. Like, like I remember when I went to high school, I was just like, ugh, high school. I hate it. Blah, blah, blah. You know? It worked fast, though. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's good that everybody had uh, good days and stuff like that. So I guess that uh, I'm going to have to come up with, you know, the next, like, topic to talk about since Ollie is sort of MIA Damn. at the moment. And I have no idea when he'll be back. But <laughs> hopefully he will be back soon. Uh, so uh, my first topic that I sort of want to want to touch on is... Uh, the big announcement that sort of just happened with the uh, with the Wonder Years with their uh, upsides like ten year release tour, which is pretty big considering that you know that they were a band that started off really small, really local, uh, and somehow you know now is doing really big tours and stuff like that. And now they're actually they've been around for ten years. That 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 that's a really huge deal. So. Uh, I just wanted to sort of get everybody's thoughts on... Oh, Ollie's back. I just sort of wanted to get everybody's thoughts on what they think of uh, the announcement of the tour and, you know, uh, just really, you know, their their feelings, whether or not they, you think that, you know... Uh, trying to figure out how exactly I'm going to segue this, but, uh, like, I don't know, just your thoughts and feelings on the... I think it's cool that they're they're still doing it. That's the thing. They're ten years old. They've made what four LPs? Yeah, they've made so much music. They've toured so, so extensively. Yeah, I mean, when the Greatest Generation dropped, to be completely honest, I was like. I was like, hey, let's let's hear another record about Philly, but it blew my mind. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think it's really awesome that they're still doing it. I mean, some of these kids. Who's going? Yeah, Sarah's okay. going to the Philadelphia Union transfer. She's going to try to get tickets. Um, which uh, which date of the tour? The. I think they have two days at, at Union. Is that true? No, no. There's there's well, there's three days. Do you want to for the upsides? 
One for Suburbia and one for uh, The Greatest Generation. I don't know. Which, which record are you going to watch the most? I'd go for The Upside. I mean, yeah. I think, I, I think everybody wants to go for The Upsides, basically, yeah, personally. That's, but... that's probably going to be like the show that's going to break the venue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just hope that, you know, they break out some uh, Get Stoked on it. The. Uh, and it's actually very funny that that you say that because this was actually going to be the the question that I was going to ask the, the the group, which I think is 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 um very weird that certain artists do. We all know that it's it's widely known that um the band as a collective hates get stoked on it. They say that they wish it had came out. Um, they they I don't believe that they attribute it to the kickoff of their career, but um, I think we all would generally agree that it's a fairly kick-ass album. We all have grown attached to it. Um, it's one of our. It's it's, it's uh, to some people they like it, some people they they don't. And the question that I actually had wanted to poll you guys are: uh, What do you feel about artists that refuse to play any songs from a particular album after they come out with it? Do, is it um, uh, selfish of them to just keep songs that they don't like to themselves? Um, even though that the entire fan base likes it, or is it just their fucking decision and all of you guys can, you know, go kick rocks? Um, I have a very opinionated view about this, if I may go. If anybody else wants to go first, though, that's, that's, that's cool. Or may I? Anyone can yeah, go in. ahead. Yeah, Derek, get, go at it, Derek. Have fun with it. I think that when bands get to the point where they're making music and they have the option to play a song that is eight years old, um, if a band stays the same band, not, I mean, it's always going to be the same band unless you change members and stuff, but if a band stays the same and doesn't progress throughout um, their existence, I mean, I, that's not a band that I'd normally be into. I think that normally when bands are playing, they're always trying to evolve and make themselves better. So I think it's, it's completely subjective. I think if a band is like, oh, we don't want to play our old music because we'd rather play our new music, who could argue with them? Of course, there's going to be a bunch of fanboys like, play the old shit. But then, like, I mean, it's up to the band. There's always going to be haters. Like, you could you could be a humanitarian and still have haters. So that's that's that. Also, like, I think um, a recent example, like Joyce Manor at Union Transfer, right before they played Constant Headache, they were like, "Here's that song you all like." That's the kind of shit I come like. So. Bands who play their old music and are like, oh, we have new music, we're so cool, we're going to stick our dicks in the air and be lame. That, that's what I can't stand. But I think, like, I don't know, the Wonder Years have, have that buyout. They've been around long enough. They've become figures in the scene. If they don't want to play old music, who am I to fucking say play old music? That's fine. The fact that they're playing the three LPs, though, that, that's something. That, that's something crazy. So that's the in-service right there. Anybody who wants more than that just needs to chill. <laughs> well, the Wonders has always been a band that has done a lot of fan service. Like, like they've always, you know, ha put on these big, like, massive tours and shows and stuff. Like, I think it was the, was it the Greatest Generation or was it Suburbia where they did the, like, four shows in, like, 48 hours or something? Greatest Generation tour. Yeah. But yeah. Just flew. Yeah, like you know, they, 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 they do a lot of cool stuff like that for their fans, which I think is is a really smart idea, and it allows them to connect better with their uh, 
with, with you know the people who listen to their music and make it you know a more like special experience because it's something that you know it's sort of like a shared experience of like you know a time and a place and and everything like 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 they create moments in the way that they put shows together if that makes sense you know but they're not jaded in that sense they're still right 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 i think that you know for like a show like this or you know if the day ever comes that the wonder years you know decide to you know call it a day or something like that i think that in those cases then maybe it would be like acceptable to like you know sort of bust maybe bust out like you know some of the first album or stuff like that but i wouldn't expect the wonder years to you know just like on the greatest generation tour or something just like go, go straight into you know let's monster size or something like in between uh, in, in between like no 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 like have it be like uh like the like devil in my bloodstream segue into uh let's monster size or something like like, like, like that, that doesn't make any sense at all. So I think that, uh, I, I, yeah, I think that it would be that, you know, it would be a good call on their part personally, you know, like I, I think the quote that Soupy had on, um, absolute punk was that, you know, that, oh, I'm relearning some old songs or whatever, you know, I never thought I'd play these songs ever again or something like that. So, which does lead me to believe that. It's a lot of stuff from the, you know, the seven inch and all the EPs and stuff like that. So I think that a lot of that, you know, is going to be fun for, you know, the people who are going to be in attendance and it's going to make it a real uh, memorable experience for them. So, yeah, I think that as far as that, the Wonder Years go, you know, that's how I feel about it. I mean, obviously there's other bands, other situations like, you know, the whole citizen with their demo that they have the easy core demo <laughs> with uh, the pirate victory core yo yeah. the core citizen days <laughs> yeah it, it, it's funny because uh through the power of the internet we've actually found uh matt kirky's uh like a metalcore band he was in in like the ninth grade or something, oh my God. and it and it it it, 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 it it's so it, it, it's so cool that you know that there's like that was the whole community like 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 the whole stuff you will hate like people who are really into like you know the MySpace scene stuff who sort of like you know devote their time to sort of uncovering the past like sort of like scene archaeologist if you will you know see scene historians yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, scene historians like 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 they'll go back and they'll be like oh so you know you're in so and so you know hardcore band well if you go back far enough you were in this band so you know but i think that all bands have a starting point which you know is kind of embarrassing for them because you know maybe it's not where they're at now artistically or stuff like that but you know, so understandably, I could, I, I could understand that, but you know, it's still, it's, it's still a lot of fun to sort of look back on the old days and sort of feel like, huh, you know, the guy from Citizen drummed in a band with the uh, dude from the Plot in You, one time, you know. Now, now, Glenn, cool. how how yeah. do you feel about um, artists just not? playing into their fans and wanting to play shit that they, they like. I mean, like, as, as Derek did, did say, and it, it reminds me of a quote that I heard from um, the um, 
wow, I can't remember the actual physical term. Um, whatever. Rapper Jay-Z, if you want my old shit, buy my old albums. Uh, my take on that whole thing, it's just like, honestly, if you're a band for a really long time, like Census Fail, uh, Census Fail is not the same band that they were like back then with like Let It Unfold You and all that. But uh, like, it's okay not to play old stuff. It's just like you're a You've been a band for 10 plus years. I mean, you might as well play your current stuff. And, like, doing 10-year tours keeps it kind of, like, connected. Like, keeps, like, the fans, like, oh, they're going to play old stuff. That's dope. And then it's just a 10-year tour. And then they're back to playing their new stuff. So they're not tired of you being a If you're sitting there playing your first, the first song you ever wrote over and over and over, you're going to get bored of it. And it's just, yeah. And then, yeah, you, that, and then the members start hating each other, and then like they beef with each other, and then it's just like, yo, oh. we're not a band anymore. That turns dark sucks. real fast. Yeah, <laughs> but but that is true. The only thing thing that I've always kind of equated it to was um when uh, artists, especially the Wonder Years, because like Get Stoked on It was definitely one of the first albums that I have, not one of was the first album that I listened to from the one of the years. And I kind of was like, I got to know it. I got to, like, you know, know all the lyrics from it. I can literally pinpoint out, like, like you know, which riff goes to which song, just from, like, you know, hearing the first three notes. And then I, like, go talk soupy, like, like maybe, like, years after I started listening to it, and I didn't know any better. I'm like, oh, hey, soupy, why don't you... And he's just like, nah, sorry, little nigga, you're never going to hear it because I really don't <laughs> like it all that, that that much. And it's like, if you're talking to a, to, to a significant other and, like, like you, know, you get to know them, you, you get to know their ins and outs, like every bit of their features, and then all of a sudden they're, they're just like, yeah, I'm never going to see you, like, ever again. But you could definitely look at all my old pictures and then you'll be able to know that. Soupy's cheating on you, man. <laughs> Soupy left me, man. Soupy left me right in the dirt. It's awful. He gave you that. He, he gave you that cold shoulder because you'll never uh, hear songs about uh, Captain Crunch and the Kool Aid Man. Oh come on, you, you, you can't tell me. Eh, hey, there's someone we know. Well, well, I mean, there's still hope, but you know. No, I really don't think there's any hope. I mean, like, the, the that was, like, the coolest album art ever. I mean, like, it's fucking Captain Crunch, you know, banging the Kool-Aid girl. <laughs> Nigga, how can you not get into that? But, anyway, I have, um, yeah, so, I'm stoked on the, I, I really don't think I'm going to be able to get, get stoked. tickets. I'm, I, I got, I'm stoked. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Alex. Um, you also said collective earlier. And I, I did, like... and it's, it's one of those things where, like, 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 you know, you say one word, and then you can't stop saying it over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for pointing it out to me, Alex. No problem. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so, um, I'm never going to hear the album live, and I'm very sad, and so I have wanted to know from my panelists, and, um, oh, there's, oh, there's, a, the, the, the screen was small. I didn't see what it was. Um, I saw an article recently saying that emo music can sometimes make you feel better. And I'm like, eh, sure, there might be signs in there somewhere. Whatever, I'm not a smart guy. But when you guys are sad, what album do you guys put on to kind of like, you know, help you wait through that? Oh, God. 
Whoa. <laughs> Did it get Kayla like, too sad? I apologize. The fields. <laughs> All the fields. I don't know. My bad. Oh, oh shit. Album and I feel sad. Feel sad? Dude, I don't even know. I just listen to anything that's sad, really. I ask people what's sad and then I listen to it. Then <laughs> could you go to DPP? <laughs> hey guys, I'm sad. Songs. <laughs> hey guys, I'm sad. Guys, I'm sad. I want songs. I mean, I remember specifically when I had gone through my weird like high school dating days. When I got really sad over like a girl, I used to put on um, Weezer's Butterfly. Like that was like one of like the most saddest songs. It was off of Pinkerton. And, like, it was just rivers and, like, an acoustic and, like, like, shit was really sad. It was, like, him watching a butterfly literally die in front of him. And, 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 and I think I wept about, like, you know, through junior high with that song. Like, just that song alone. It does sound like a pretty sad song. It, it was. Alex, what, what, what songs or what album did you put on when you're sad? Oh, boy. Um, well, it really depends on, like how I want the progression of my sadness to go. Like, do I want me to get, like, more sad and, like, further, like, sort of, like, sink into that, like, pittiness of, oh, I'm so sad, let me, you know, be sad and, you know, stuff like that. Or do I want to actually, or am I, like, I'm sad, but I want to be happy, sort of. Uh, I think that if I want to be sad and I want to be sadder, I put on um, Merchant Ships uh, for Cameron, is like that album. Oh, like, oh. Th that album tears me apart. Like, like the first time I heard it, it like hit me so hard. I'm like, oh, oh my god. Like, I think I think I listened to that like on a bus back from New York. Like, I was like having like a really good day and like hanging out with my girlfriend. And then I think Coraline had posted the song, and she was like, oh, this song is really sad. I'm like, how fucking sad can the song be? And like my night was extremely ruined, and I I just like wrote <laughs> in there, and I was just like, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of those like emoish bands will do that to you. But I mean, if if I if I want to be uh, if I want to be happy, I guess um, I'll play some like Metro Station or you know, or I'll break out some uh, so, some of my girls at Fifth Harmony or something like that. You know, that's that that's you know the stuff that you know. The, yeah, Glenn. <laughs> That 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 that's the shit that puts a smile on my face, you know. Oh, you wrecked right, Glenn. Uh, well, Glenn, what albums are you putting on when you're sad? Um, like when I'm sad, it kind of depends, like what kind of sad I am. But like, I don't really try to listen to something. Like, I just like start listening to whatever I was listening to, and then like, it'll be like like a poppy pop punk song, and I'll just be like. I can't listen to this right now, and I get sick of it. And then I try a sad song, and I'm like, no, I'm getting sadder. And then I always just end up putting on, like, a hardcore record and just getting angry. Like, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that, that, that's the best way to like, do it. That happens with me like, sometimes, I'm like, too. Listen, I'm, like, listening to, like, Fight Fair, like, really poppy pop punk, and I'm like, this is good, but I, I can't. It, it just, I can't connect with this right now. And then, like, I put on my friend's band, Baseborn, and they're really sad. They're a really sad band. And, like... I just start getting really sad. I'm like, I can't do that either. So I just start listening to like Have Heart or like Verse or something, and it's just like, 
All Yo, right. I listen to Half Heart when I get sad too. True. Oh, well, you guys should be sad together. Songs too. Uh, Scream at the sun. That that one song. Um, what should we call it? Like, I I, I forget what it's called. It's like no roses, no no skies, or something like that. I forget because I haven't listened to that album in forever. But that's a track, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That track, whatever. It's like I listen to that, and I'm just like, oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> to just walk around a house, just like you're like a fucking sim. You just walk around the house, and it's just like sad. You just have a big fucking bubble up on your head. Oh no, I pace around my house. I pace around my house like I'm at like a hardcore show. <laughs> there you go. Well, Derek, we we asked what sad albums do you put on when you're sad. So if you're sad, what sad song do you listen to? Sad. I like Koji. I don't know if you guys fuck with Koji. He's a really cool guy. Yeah, music. Koji's awesome. Yeah, I have a particular track uh, off some small way called um, "I Like Eating Lemons." But my favorite is "Stay." So that's that's my favorite track from Koji. I don't know if they were saying it, but I, I love pianos becoming teeth. And yeah, you know, yeah, pianos too. Yeah, oh, pianos becoming teeth is or another one that I listen to when I'm sad. Their new music is awesome. It doesn't have a scream in it. I remember hearing the mixes. We threw um, a show for Summer Holds the Earth Social for Split Record release. Right. And we had one of Touche Amore's side projects entry play with us. And they were really cool. Uh, Clayton's girlfriend sang and she, she goes hard. And we were talking. They actually played there. They're, they're sweet. And they, they played at the local church that we throw shows at. And I remember hearing those mixes of the Pianos record, and I'm like, there's not a damn scream on this. And I think that's awesome. I was talking earlier about how bands progress and get, like, different. That's what I love. So the new piano stuff has me all sorts of feels. I can start listening to it and have, like, some kind of weird out-of-body experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, the one song that I really connect to personally is uh, Cripples Can't Shiver off of the off that album with the horses on it. I forget what it's called. Old Pride. Yeah, Old Pride, yeah. Yo, that song is crazy. Um, oh. All the feels well, that I had with that record were awesome. I don't know if you guys ever listened to, like, the Saltwater EP by those guys. Yeah. I can't say that I have. Where Houses We Die In first got recorded. And then oh, they, oh, yeah, right, right. They recorded the, the, the version that everybody hears on a split with Ezra uh, Ezra Joyce or something? I forget the name of the other band. Um, but yeah, um, The Lack Long After was a crazy record. So everything that Pianos has done, like their progression, makes me happy. But right, I'm going right. to tell you guys my deep secret. Uh, the record that I put on when I want to be super happy is Dookie by Green Day. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why is that such a secret, though? There's nothing wrong with Dookie. Listen, I have, I have, I have, a, I have a cassette, so I think it's okay. And a CD. And I have a CD. And covered all the whole fucking album. I played. I used. <laughs> you were talking. There should be no shame in liking Green Day. <laughs> I don't have any. I, I still think they're good. I mean, I don't really mess with their new recordings, but I still think. Oh, point, I don't think anybody misses with their new recording. <laughs> it's, it's all like <laughs> I love watching the video of them at Yardstock in 94 starting a mud fight with the crowd and, like, telling everybody. They're like, this side of the of everybody, you say, rock and roll. 
Everyone over here is like, shut the fuck up. Rock and roll. Shut the fuck up. It was just funny. Big talk, fun fact. That is actually the second straight week that that particular performance of Green Day was mentioned on the show. Yeah. That was a a Freudian slip on my point. Because we do an annual show in the middle of nowhere with like 100 bands called Yardstock. And it's awesome. And there's like volleyball pong with like giant like bins, like recycle bins. Damn. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And the show doesn't end. You think it ends and people just keep playing. Like the next morning there are people playing. But that's just you tripping on ass and Yeah. <laughs> oh damn, so 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 they like kinda of pulls from like Woodstock. Like for the old old, old Woodstock. It gets pretty loud. Shit goes down. Shit it, it sounds it. I don't already... know, acid seems pretty pretty heavy. I mean, but I wouldn't I don't I don't think I'd ever want to do acid. <clears throat> nah, I don't blame you, dude. I don't fuck with Don't do kids. drugs, kids. Yeah, drugs are bad. Acid? Well, don't do acid. Do acid. Acid? 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 <laughs> so, early in the week, um, in the group group chat, Dennis actually had um, promised, which I'm so far not hearing, that this entire show was going to be done in cat puns, and I'm and I'm severely lacking in some. Oh wait, no, that wasn't him. That was uh, the dude from the oddities. No, it wasn't. Was it? Yes, it was. Oh, fuck, it wasn't. It was puns like meow meow. It was the dude from the oddities. Wow, so remember that promise which I wasn't going to fuck anything up again? <laughs> you fucked it up. I did. I fucked it all up. Um, because fuck and up. you were so eager to call him out on his, <laughs> you know, was. on his he promise that he didn't follow me. through on. He got stoked on it. I did. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Glenn. <laughs> I was like, tell me the Does anyone know any jokes? Like, 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 like we get like a joke thread going real fast? No, so, dude. Um, <laughs> why did you say that? Yo, so <laughs> why did you say that? Alright, so this bear walks into a bar, and he sits down at the bar, and he starts looking through the menu, and the bartender says, you know, we don't get many bears in here, and he's like, yeah, not with these prices. You just had to bring up jokes. <laughs> you just had to bring up jokes. That's the joke I always tell at every show. Tell a joke, and then everybody's like, why did I fucking ask? <laughs> <laughs> and I sat there, like, thinking for, like, a good ten minutes. I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm a smart individual. I think I get it. My brother. Is, is there, like, a like a slew of, of, like, jokes like that? Uh... We can make more shitty jokes if you want. You can make them up as you go. Yeah. Is it your eyes joke? What's your eyes joke? Remember the one he said the other day? He's like, yeah, so uh, I went to a funeral the other day. I said, oh, no, a couple cuts I've seen in a couple years. He's like, they got hot. And that was it. <laughs> I, you know what? Maybe it wasn't the world's best decision for me to start telling jokes. Yeah. All right. This joke that's over. 
joke around about it. <laughs> I mean, we have terrible jokes. Like, we have jokes against humanity if you want those, but... I'm not sure it's been... I don't think we've gotten raunchy on. It's it's. We're about a half an hour in, and I don't think we've actually told an offensive joke yet, so I'd actually love to hear some. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the easiest part of a vegetable to eat? The oh, wheelchair. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I haven't yeah. had yet. That's all good. Dude, it's way easier to eat the cripple than each wheelchair, dude. I fucked up. That's why I only tell that one joke ever. <laughs> I don't tell other jokes. I think I have one about a horse, but oh, another one. Name, name a vegetable. Victory, oh, man. <laughs> you have an offensive joke about a horse? Offensive? Can you get offensive with horses? Not really. Yeah, they're asking about offensive jokes. One time, I remember. Uh, Helen Keller's parents punish her. How? They left the plunger in the toilet. I think we hit a new level, and that was really quick. <laughs> I think that, like, <laughs> that, that, I swear to God, like, like, it went to a zero to a hundred so quick. <laughs> All the offensive jokes I know are exclusively from, like, the one time I went to Barnes and Nobles as a kid and I picked up a book that's like a hundred offensive jokes for adults or something like that. And it was all like these really, really like stupid jokes. I'm afraid hilarious. to hear an offensive joke for you, Alex, because I'm pretty sure it's going to end with like a group of feminists pissed off at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's probably people out there on the interwebs like, the fuck are these jokes, man? Yeah, people, people on the internet are looking for me. Could <laughs> you see like like a group of like ten people te like transcribing each episode of like everything just to make sure that there's like no politically incorrect shit, and I'm gonna get hot down. And then Babe Talk's gonna be shut down. Babe Talk's gonna be shut down by the organization for uh, horses and what or what organization for the clean internet? Give me a break. That offend Helen yeah. Keller. Yeah, because I, I don't think I don't think we've heard an offensive horse joke yet. Yeah, offensive horses. Offensive horses. The Plunger Association of America is going to be very offended at our jokes. Um, I don't think the Plunger people would be a little pissed off. I think the Jewish people might be a little pissed off before the Plunger people. <laughs> but that's just me. Maybe there are use, pl uh, use plungers for evil. Yeah, see, yeah, it's not going to be the plunger association. It's going to be those for like Anne Frank's memorial uh, stuff. I don't know. Hey, um, when I was in Berlin, Germany, in the summer of 2013. I went into like the big bibliotheque, like the big library, but there's a section where you could purchase books. And I went up to the woman there and I asked if they had a copy of the Diary of Anne Frank. And she just looked at me like this. And then she started walking away and I followed her and she took me to a shelf and they literally had like 20 copies. But she didn't say anything, she just walked away. I was like, fuck. I mean, I'm assuming that the that, that the German community wouldn't. Now there was one in every language. It was awesome. But like I don't know. 
I guess there's something that they have to carry them. Regardless, Germany was a great country. I'd like to go back. <laughs> I love like the after effect. Oh, but by the way, Germany is actually kind of kind of cool. They might not like Anne Frank all that that much, but it's pretty all right. <laughs> What'd you go to uh, Germany for? Uh, I was there on a choral tour with my high school after I graduated. I was singing with the Madrigal Singers and playing with the jazz band. It was over two weeks, and my girlfriend at the time left me when I was in Germany, so I had a fucking <laughs> awesome time. Oh, damn, that sounds <laughs> depressing. You laugh at that. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this is just cracking his ass up over there. That is like some write a debut emo album shit right there. Yeah, I mean, we did. Like, I could just, like, hear, like, the, 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 yeah, see, the interview where it's, where it's, where, 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 where it's like, this is written about the hardest year of my life, uh, my girlfriend left me when I was in Germany. No, I was good. I mean, she's cool. She just, you know, changes boyfriends faster than she changes clothes. And I'm pretty sure, oh, sick burn. Oh. I, I'm pretty sure that she... Changes boyfriends while she's changing clothes too. Like, oh, damn, shots! I wish I had like a soundboard here. I'd, I'd have like the super hot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> probably watching this because she's an internet hoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I worried about trashing my exes, I wouldn't write music. So there it is. Invite him to the show. Invite him to the show and have somebody. <laughs> Wasn't that? I'm pretty sure that's what Rivers Cuomo did. Like he recorded the blue album, walked up to his girlfriend, like handed her the album, and then like fucking walked away. I'm, and I'm pretty sure that's like how he broke up with her. Her his ex at the time. That would make sense because then in like Pinkerton, he went over to Japan and was like lusting all over the Japanese schoolgirls that were there. Yeah, that's that's a little interesting. I mean, like some of my favorite songs come from Pinkerton, but then I also realized that like a lot of the songs, there's songs like. I can't touch you, because it's just like, oh, yeah, Rivers? I mean, at least he's self-control. You're, you're right? I mean, he's demonstrating severe self-control, but I mean, like, damn. <laughs> so, anyway, during this part of the show, we start to interview our guests. So, hey. Guys, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. we generally... Uh, huh? What? Well, no, we're just going along with it. Yeah, hi, we're the guests. Hey, hey guests, how you doing? Um, Alex, Glenn, and I will ask you guys some questions. Um, fucking answer. I, I, I'm still struggling with trying to introduce shit on shows. Like, it's like, oh, you know, we have music for everybody. Listen, if you want, or, you know, don't come on a fucking podcast. So, um, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to... Um, Very inviting. <laughs> we're an absolute peach to have on. Not even that, but you're just like, oh, you have some questions and you're answering them. Sort of like, you don't have a choice. What else, what else do you do with questions? I mean, like, here's a question. Eat it. Like, what? <laughs> how this is going to go. Yeah, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten a fucking thing all day. Oh, I'm very sorry. Uh, well, so knowledge is, uh, knowledge is power, I guess. So is food. Yeah, and food is also power. Therefore, knowledge is food. No, no, Alex, no. Sorry, that 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 that's reaching. That's reaching. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit. Alright, but so um, so uh, you the I remember when you guys had first come to me and you and you were telling me that um, 
you literally had um, breathed life back into your scene, and and like that alone, like someone that that would be able to like you know just make that statement takes big ass balls. Because there are still like like other people, at least in my, my area, there's still some people that are trying to do stuff, and some people that think they're more predominant. But it's really awesome that that you guys single-handedly um, are saying that you're bringing life back into your scene. Now, I actually want to know like what the actual core story that created that that brought you guys together to actually bring together your collective. All right, man. So, by all means, the Timetable Records Collective came together in 2008, um, initially to release music from the bands that we were recording with, and also to put a name and uh, a copyright around everything that was our intellectual property. From, right from then, um, we had we, we started investing in PA equipment, and we started getting into throwing shows. So from then, it, it kind of it grew very gradually from there. We started getting pretty serious and booking in our local scene in 2011. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We started doing all sorts of shows. It's not like the scene wasn't around before we showed up. Uh, we grew up in it. Like uh, We used to have a venue called Cafe Metropolis right in downtown Wilkes-Barre. Um, a lot of really incredible bands came through there. A lot of really excellent local bands played there. Um, met a lot of really awesome people after Metro shut down in 2010. There was the Redwood Art Space that my friend Matt Wren uh, ran and uh, owned. He did a lot of stuff over there. And that was open for like a little bit over a year and a half, I think. Or something. Yeah, after when Metro closed, Redwood struggled to keep open. And after they closed, everything was open. And then, like, we were in the shit with the cops up there out there trying to say there's trouble, dude, with the trailer park and, like, Higher cops who weren't the money when they closed down. Yeah. That's pretty much when the scene died after the revolution stopped. But from there, we kind of picked up where it left off. Um, local hardcore is certainly not a who's who. So, like, we assist in breathing life back into our scene, but we do it humbly. We, um, we do this because this is what we do. We love to make music. It's not a person that works for the label that isn't in a band, that doesn't do something, that doesn't have their own project. BKB has been the head of label staff. Actually, Brian, come on in the shop. This is BKB. He's, he's been with us since 2008, and um, he has a death core project. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> but, like, we do all sorts of music all the time. Everything. Everything. You name it. Pretty much. Even country. Yeah, we, we even do that kind of stuff. Really? And, yeah, we put out a lot of music. Um, where we are able to have shows, because the problem is, is where are you going to have the show and how are you going to make it happen? I, I deal with a lot of different venues. We've thrown shows right here in the garage a few times. They get rowdy as shit, so we have to be selective as to what shows we put in the garage. But we have a church that my family's been involved with forever that lets us throw shows, and we they like it because we help them stay open by, by giving them more money and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we collect, actually, we have a couple different charities going on. You mind grabbing the, the bins really quick? We collect canned food, like non-perishable food, for the uh, Domestic Violence Center at Wilkes-Barre. Wow. We a lot of our shows, and we usually cut the door price. It's usually like 8 or 10 without and $5 with a canned good or free with a canned good if we're doing like a, a big show. Yeah, like an easy show. Mm-hmm. And we also, we collect these. I don't oh, know if you can see them. We, we, oh, okay. 
Yeah, this is just like part of everything we got. Uh, we collect beer and soda can tabs for the Ronald McDonald House of Danville, Pennsylvania. And uh, I don't yeah, the Ronald McDonald House. When when uh, people become terminally ill or they become ill and require a long hospital visit, it's very expensive for families to be able to stay near the hospitals. The Ronald McDonald House is a, is a free organization that allows those families to live near the hospital for as long as they need to when their when their loved ones are ill and they already have a thousand costs and all sorts of stuff. I think they do when when the band stayed there because his brother was ill. Yeah, Ralph. Ralph yeah, from uh, I know it was Ralph. One of the parents story, but yeah, but um, very good friend of ours. He plays in the band Black Diamond. It's on the label. So we do that. We always try to give back to our community. Um, basically, what we do. We have the venues, and we have a very extensive live sound collection. We have a big and a little PA system now. So we could run shows that have 500 people there with sound. We could run shows that have 50 people there with sound. So, and anywhere in between. And it's just the momentum. Once you get the momentum going, just keep it going. Sometimes um, you get tough. <laughs> <laughs> we were playing a free show behind a Curry Donuts in Willisbury, right across from uh, the old Bishop Hoban New Holy Redeemer High School. You have no idea what that is. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly, like the, the exact. <laughs> Sorry, but we were playing that show, and uh, the band I play in in front, Summerhold's here, was was playing, and it was after ten o'clock, but sound ordinances until eleven. Long story short, the cops show up, they unplug our amps, and then I go up to the mic, and I'm like, everybody clap for the Little Spare Police for doing their job, and have a good night. It's on video. There's some. There's a stupid video. I'm never gonna be able to live down and give a job. <laughs> and and right then the cop walks up behind me and just cuffs me with my guitar on. Everybody starts getting all rowdy. Yeah, and like, you have Kevin in the back of hey, hey, Yeah. <laughs> everybody was pretty mad, and I was like, everybody just chill because it's a problem on all of us if if there's a problem. And then they took me away. They shackled me to the floor. They took my prints. They swabbed my mouth for pot. Good. They, I want to yeah. get a They arrested you? <laughs> like, they, breath, they breathalyzed me. My Good. <laughs> they, they put me in holding. They took a mug shot. I, I still, I, I put in a request for that picture, and I still haven't gotten it. <laughs> magisterial court. Yeah, his mom. Yeah, I, I got some sweet representation. Because they could cuff you, put you in the car, and tell you when you get what you're getting arrested for, but they didn't tell you nothing. Wow, yeah. that's ridiculous. Because I'm pretty sure that's like a full arrest. Like, yeah, like, so, yeah, they could cuff you just to calm you down and shit. They see it on top, but like, they didn't tell them anything. You want to just drive it in the car. Usually they go to the car and be like, yeah, you're arrested for this. And then he came up and said, you're under arrest. And I said, what did I do, sir? And he didn't tell me anything. And he never read me rights. And he never did anything. And he said that he didn't read me rights because. Uh, there's no admittable offense, like he saw me do it. And he's like, didn't I see you do it? And I'm just not answering. And he's like asking me all these stupid questions, and I'm just not answering. Yeah, I wouldn't like, yeah. I'm there you. But that's kind of one of the few reasons why he was able to be let go. Yeah, I'm like, I saw the cops roll up. He's like, why didn't you stop playing? I'm like, I'm not answering your questions. <laughs> you just Good. threw me in the back of your car. And they let me go about a half hour later. 
but it was a huge to-do. Like, they did all of that shit. They left me cuffed for the longest time. I asked them for badge numbers, never got anything, never got no. I had to wait till I got my paperwork to know who the hell arrested me. And then the cop showed up. I'm in magisterial court. I, I had already met with the magistrate, and I had already like put together a legitimate defense. And like the video, I had everything on me. I was dressed like a G. I go up. I'm like, I had a tie clip. Like that was my I had a tie clip. <laughs> what brand? Uh, Armani. So. Yeah, so I, I walk up, um, judge, because I, I reviewed the footage and I can't charge Mr. Jolly for being a smartass. That's <laughs> fucking. Real pissed off. No, the cop, the cop didn't look at me. The cop didn't look at me. I was like, he's like, all you have to do is say you're sorry to the officer. I'm like, I'm sorry, officer. And he didn't look at me. I was like, oh man, is he fucking. Yeah, he, he was <laughs> just like, being my bad. But it, was, it wasn't like, I'm sorry, officer. It was like a, I'm ah, sorry, officer. <laughs> <laughs> just in the middle of court. Nah, now what? Because I remember you guys saying that that like you know the cops were were the main reason as to why the scene had like like you know started to, to die off a, a little bit as far as the live shows go. Um, what is uh, the the connection between your community? Because especially when you were saying like, like like you know you're trying to help your community back by doing the donations and stuff. Um, what how, your community is it not? I guess I want to ask like the demographic. Like, is there a reason why they? They don't like the live performances, or like, is it like the type of music that they don't like? Like, what, like, why is there such like a struggle between the music scene and and the community scene, or at least the police? Well, still your type. There's no they just don't like people doing anything. Yeah, there's no energy besides just wanting to sit inside and get fucked up on drugs. Dude. Hmm. Money, man. What, what I'm mean? my, what I'm saying is we got in trouble in Wilkes-Barre because the Wilkes-Barre cops have historically dealt with a lot of shows. They used to roll up on Metro all the time. And they're just trying to cause a ruckus. Actually, we've had cops walk into our shows at the church with the food drives and like roll up on these garage shows, and they're like, "Oh, this is your property," or "Oh, you're doing a food drive show? Cool." Like, we don't have. I I gave like a very stark. Worst case. Yeah. No cops are bad. Yeah. No, like the, the where we run into problems is Wilkes-Barre. Like they rolled up. We had permission from the owners. The owners of the Curry Donuts, who we're good friends with, and our friend Cody from Black Time, and works at that Curry Donuts. Um, we were we were given permission to be on their property. It's private property. Like that's another thing they had. They came to court. With they were really cool about that. And uh, we're gonna throw more shows there. I mean, in in the end, it's a win. But I'm not trying to be like, ha, fuckers. I'm trying to be like, okay, now we can throw shows, and we got over another hurdle. You know, now now a kid won't get arrested for playing a show unless he's a straight dick. I let well, we have to wait. For <laughs> free Nando though. Free Nando. Yeah, we we played a show in Staten Island with a band called Backslash and some bad ideas. This kid Fernando who plays in a band called Diet is a really cool guy. He was doing oh, a yeah. show, and the cops rolled up on it and shut it down and then arrested him and were giving him a lot of problems about permits and stuff. But now all the shows are no longer on the South Shore. They're on the North Shore, and we're going dude, back soon. We're going to the dude. We're going to the North Shore, dude. Yeah, fucking hard. I'm already going. I'm scared to see fucking King Abdul. Well, I'm ashamed to hear that because Fernando's a good guy. So Northside. 
South Side's a bunch of nice houses and, and weird little. It's the, where the rich north side of the projects are. Yeah. cops. There's a lot of bodegas in the south. Yo, we might. We no, I, I bought some really good shit there. I bought some orange soda. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> you find the best orange soda in bodegas. Yeah. Black guy, it's it, it's a thing. <laughs> something that's great. All right, Glenn or Alex, did you guys have a question? Glenn, you want to go? Glenn, yo, take oh, a picture. He's blocking the mic. I can hear him. Got Mac. Hello? Oh, there we go. Sorry, I put the game down. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, what's the biggest act you've worked with? Uh. Entry, like that. Yeah, no, entry good guys. We work with a lot of different. Name wise, I'd say they were the biggest, but not like actually Yeah. The the shows that we book are, are around uh, the most fair scene. So I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't put. Uh, I mean, I'd actually I'd have to say the up and coming one. Well, yeah, I, the one we're throwing Friday, Dead End Path, is practicing in my basement right now. They're, they're really That's good. Cool. They're a local hardcore band. They toured with Title Fight for a while, and um, yeah, I've heard of them. They're pretty cool. Yeah, it's um, with that, I don't know. I don't like to look at it like that because the people who who live around here in Wilkes-Barre and Kingston and Larksville, like everybody who makes music, there's not like a who's who. They used to be like that, but it's not like that anymore. So we're like, oh, we got this big ass show. It's like. We're throwing a show, and if there's a lot of kids that come out, awesome. And if we're able to pay the touring bands a shitload of money and like make sure that everything is taken care of, and everybody gets like five dollars in their gas tank at the end of the night, yeah, right? yeah. It's mostly so, like two gangs right now, but they're coming together. We're orphies, and we're also like timetable. We're more a label than we are just like a group. Like we all work really hard for what we do. I I put in. Probably 25 hours a week, in addition to working another 30 hours a week in my other job and being a full-time college student. I don't sleep, but in my opinion, it's worth it. I don't sleep. No, but it's definitely worth it because I remember when I was really young, there was such a vibrant scene. There were so many shows, so many bands, and like I wanted those feels back. There were like, yeah, there were like four shows a weekend. You could choose which one to go to. You could go to all four. Like, and then it all went away, and I'm like, oh, man. Now there's like just one, a bunch of notepads. Yeah, so like, yeah, it's pretty much so dope. Wow. It's, it's scary. There's a lot of, there's a big problem. But like, we throw shows that are no alcohol, violence, or drugs. You roll up with any of that shit. So, we're talking about this guy, man. I'm a student at Wilkes University in Wilkes-Barre, and we recently had, actually recently, like two days ago, had a student on campus die. It was random to town dead in the dorm. And I don't want to, I don't want to pose any accusations, but everybody, everybody's saying that oh, he's an overdose. It was probably either Frank or which is unfortunate because people get into that kind of stuff, whereas they could be in the local music and not shooting. Yeah. And then it's the cops' fault. Remember that. Shut down yeah. the show. Everybody shoots up. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm live right now. Nobody already hears that shit. Well, actually, when we throw shows behind Curry Donuts, like 
They had bombs come. And <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so <laughs> <tragic>. <laughs> But they're not shooting up at the show. It's the same out. They don't shoot up. They're they smoke at someone else's shit. They, they just smoke rocks under the bridge before they come over. Nah, they're trying to score a rock. It's not, dude, they don't do so much. Enough with the drugs. Alright, well, so. What's us? It's the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smoking rocks. Word. Yeah. How, how are we doing on your end? You guys got other questions before we just keep going off? <laughs> like, I was like listening in and out, so like I'm like, hey, they, they got shit to say. I'm saying, Alex, you got a question? Uh, yeah, I actually do have a question. But first, let me just preface it by saying that I think it's really cool what you guys are doing in terms of like you know reviving your local scene and stuff like that. Uh, I could definitely relate to that being that my scene uh, back in the day, especially during like the drive through our days was like a really vibrant scene. Like we had like Houston calls and hidden in plain view and all these different bands that, you know, went on to, you know, play on like TV and stuff like that. And after a while it kind of went away. And then, you know, it's through people who book in my community and I put on shows for a little while when I had the money and, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's really cool what you're doing. And I think that it, it definitely shows how much like dedication you're putting forward into it. And, like the whole idea is about like, you know, doing things for like, you know, charities and stuff. I think that that, you know, really sort of says a lot for like, you know, sort of like where you guys come from as like people sort of. So I think that that's all like a really, really awesome deal. Uh, but my, uh, my actual question is that I noticed that uh, even though you're based out of uh, Wilkes-Barre, there are a lot of bands on the label that aren't from that area. Like, how did you really start to deal with like a lot of bands that were more than just sort of like in the local scene? It was like it all started with the Chumps, I'd say, right? Not really. It's even more of a story than that. Yeah. And when we serve the tri-state area because that's <laughs> The, the greater area that we serve in, in terms of throwing a lot of big house shows and stuff like that. Right. Um, we deal a lot in the Pocono area, which is like a good hour away from the Wilkes-Barre area. We're in we're in New York, like around the Binghamton area. Uh, when we do tours, we're all over the place, but these are the areas that we frequent. We try to like up their local scenes as well, because then they send bands to Wilkes-Barre. It's not just one town. Like um, the historical references, like Mecca meets. I forget what the quote was, but basically, like, it doesn't matter if there's a center for everything. There has to be auxiliary areas that are able to feed in and be fun. So my my doctrine with that is like, wherever there's music, make it happen. So when I'd work with a band, like we started working in 2011 with a band called Mountaineer from Phillipsburg, New Jersey, and I found them at a show that we threw in, in the Poconos, and they were really cool, really awesome guys. Um, so we went ahead and, and I, I made a decision. I was like, I want to ask these guys if they want to put out music with us. They were all about it. I put out their, they put out an EP called All Good Things, and it's for free on the Bandcamp. And we threw a lot of shows with them. We integrated scenes. We went to Phillipsburg and Washington and Easton, and we threw a lot of shows out there. So we kind of helped them build it back a little bit, and they helped us with our local scene. So that's it's kind of that way. I'm more interested in making sure that there's music than saying like, I'm going to work here, here, and here. No, I'm going to work wherever. Um, 
Um, I think that is a really smart idea because I think that uh, you have to sort of appeal to where, like, you know, a lot of the, especially with local bands, a lot of them, you know, a lot of their fans are also, like, their friends and stuff like that, you know? And so a lot of these people, you know, they're not going to make the drive from, like, Phillipsburg to Wilkes-Barre to, you know, see a show or whatever. So, you know, it, it's it, it's it's definitely good to sort of, like, say, hey, you know, this is where the band, you know, where their local scene is, you know, let's try to do something there. And then, you know, sort of, like, scenes helping scenes out, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, when, um, because uh, when I was booking shows, the very last show that my, uh, like, sort of group of people uh, ever did was uh, we did the record release show for uh, one of Major League's albums, and we decided to have the show in, like, South Jersey, like, around where, the, you know, where, where they were centered, even though we were from North Jersey, because we realized, hey, you know, uh, it, 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 and we didn't know at the time that we were going to stop booking shows because of, like, money issues and stuff. We just assumed that we were going to keep continuing. We said, hey, you know, it, it'll expose, you know, our uh our like, company to like you know a whole new group of people and it will allow uh and it will allow us to you know get a good draw for the show and also sort of like you know give something back to the local scene down there who you know is very supportive of this band and stuff like that so i i think that that was definitely a cool cool move on your guys part to you know fi figure that out so i mean i love I love even when I like that band nothing left. Uh, they played a show at Arts Universe, which is this venue that come every once in a while in Wilkes-Barre. And like they're they're good friends of my brother who plays. My brother's fifteen, but he still plays in Social Loafers, and he's a jazz bass player. So it's not like he gets bored, but he certainly spices everything up. But these kids are pretty sweet. And they needed a place to record, and I can record demo style stuff here with our system. So I, I made them uh, a self-titled demo, and ever since then they've been getting mad exposure. And they're, they're playing tomorrow three songs before United Youth plays. United Youth is only back on Saturday for one show, only for this show. So I think it's awesome that they're getting a little bit of a hat tip because I know that United Youth got their start. The last show at Cafe Metropolis, the title fight played. Hmm. Title fight let them get on for a few minutes before they played. Literally a few minutes. It was also a really cool set. No, it was great. Yeah. But that's awesome. That's that's like people in bands giving back to other people who are starting bands. Because like if there's a generation of good music and nobody follows up on it, you get another two year roll of music from like 2010 to 2012. And then we just keep booking shows and other shows. And like, I'm happy. I, I understand our position. We're just another cog in local music because we can only do this for so long, right? We're gonna get older eventually. There has to be a next generation of people that are gonna be in local music, and that's yeah. I've been investing a lot in that league. Like, if I if I hear a band, they're like, hey, I want to record. Like, I got hit up again today by these guys that are trying to record a project, a hardcore project with a female singer, and I'm like. I'll make you a demo. I'll get you on some shows. Like, I'm glad that people are becoming involved. They've also been throwing hardcore posters at the scene rats over at the mall. 
and a lot of them are getting a lot of them are getting really really into it because I feel like a lot of those kids are into metalcore and they just don't know about hardcore. Mm. So, right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And especially with like a lot of the, the metalcore releases that are influenced by hardcore, like you know you have kids who are like in stuff like you know bear tooth and even like the plot in you or stuff like that that even though they're metalcore have you know some some roots in the hardcore scene that yeah. you know if you trace it back far enough you know then you know you, you have you know all the local hardcore bands that you know you guys get behind which i think is cool yeah world fair is a great place for hardcore and it's also like you go to a local you go to a hardcore show and you sign a deal with the devil <laughs> but I mean, I've broken many a pair of glasses at a show, and I got a concussion one time, and I had to go to the still hospital. Still haven't gotten these ones. Yeah, he's still got a crack across him right on this side. These ones, I don't anymore. For like three years, whenever I go to a show, I take my car key and I tie it into my sneaker, and I wear contact. I don't take anything in. I don't take my phone. I don't take anything. If I know I want merch and I know how much it is. I'll take that money and then I'll go put it in the car and come back. Like, but that's cool. Unless it's nice. some no reentry bullshit. No, yeah, I, we don't have shows like that around here. I mean, when I get beat up, I feel like it's a good show. Yeah. Especially, especially if I get beat up during a band that I deal with. Yeah, like if, like if I go to the, if I go to this Dead and Pat show on Friday and I don't leave with like a broken nose, it's a failure. But yeah, we, we do a lot of stuff like that. We get beat up a lot. There you go. I do most of the beating badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's about to actually I think they're done. Yeah, right they think, I think they just played. Yeah. Peace yeah. uh, like to Kevin. It's been real guys. Glenn, Alex. Hey, we're having you on show. Oh, All right. Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was actually just going to interject and mention again that I think it's really cool that you have us on your show. That's that's really awesome. Thank you very much for having us. Um, I think you guys doing this is awesome because you're creating a forum this kind of discussion which is kind of lacking and um, having us on it I really I really appreciate that I think you guys got something really cool going here well, but, thank you. Uh, yeah but. yeah we, we definitely <laughs> we definitely uh, appreciate the kind words and uh, before I totally forget actually one of the bands in your label I remember hearing uh, because our friend Coraline threw a show at a venue by her house in New Jersey, and one of the bands from your label, uh, in writing, was on the was on the bill, and I listened to them, and I was really like shocked by how good they were. Like I'm like, oh my god, you know, it's like a really tight band. So, um, she plays in that band. She goes to Wilkes right now. They're they're really good friends of ours. I put out their music for a while. I ever, I put out their demo tape when they first made it, and um. They've been doing a lot of stuff. Like they did cassettes with Bad Waves, and, I, and that was cool. Like we're definitely not an inclusive label. Like if you put out music with us, and then you get an offer to put out music somewhere else, like free the best. You know, we're not trying to be weird like that. Like artists that work with us maintain all the rights to their music. Right, right. 
And um, as soon as, like, I usually try to do stuff for free, but if they want to do money or something like that, I just said, you know. So, and yeah. actually, yeah. In writing cool. I'm glad, I'm glad that in writing came up because they're actually, they're entering a new phase. Uh, they're getting a new bass player and they're recording the new thing. And a lot oh, of Sick. And actually, speaking of new things, the one question that I did actually have, aside from my little quip about uh, in writing, was um, you guys are always, you know, coming up with new things, having new shows and stuff like that. What's sort of on the horizon? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, you have the show on um, Friday, and uh, and I know that uh, the band that was here earlier is coming out with uh, an, an album demo type deal in like December or something. So what's uh, what, what what's on the plate for you guys coming up? Dead End Path is releasing their record Seance, which is not under my label. It's under Triple B Records. And that show is on Friday. They're still practicing. Kevin's down there jamming out. That's the most recent thing. That's the reason why I haven't slept. So actually, once we're done with this chat with you guys, we're going to go break them down. Um, we're going to take all of our equipment to the empty area you see behind me. And then tomorrow, we're going to take it to the venue for the show on Friday. So that's what we're doing in the immediate future. After that, we have the Nothing Left Room show as well. I'm getting there, man. We have a bunch <laughs> of shows coming up in the winter months. Uh, in the spring, uh, I don't want to say too much, but we're probably going to have a week of shows, like Monday through Saturday. And that is involved with a local band, and they're releasing their record at that time, and they've asked me to be involved with that, but I don't want to say too much about it. Until I have to but, but it's one band that's going to be involved with this Monday through there won't be one band on each show, but the band that's releasing their record is probably going to play two of those shows, especially at the last day. It's going to be. Okay, so it's going to be an assortment of bands. Oh, totally. Yeah, All right. I've already looked into how this can happen, and we can have the shows far enough apart that we don't have two shows over two days, attracting too much attention from from like locals or making ad or copy, like that kind of stuff. But. I mentioned Yardstock earlier when I when I dropped that because I was talking about Woodstock. Yeah. But we, we have an annual. Well, I'm involved in booking an annual festival. My friend Chris Pasquino, who plays in the band The Greater Victory, lives out in Shikshini, about 45 minutes into the middle of nowhere. If you have cell service, you're lucky. It's incredible. Um, him and his dad, his dad mostly, built a gigantic stage in the middle of the lawn. They have all this land. It's basically a camp overnight event, and wow. this, the first year was big. The first year was pretty sweet. They had it on the back of the stage. They had like a little stage. Then they built the big stage, and this year was ridiculous. The turnout was incredible. Uh, we ran out of wristbands. Oh, we wow. had like 100 some wristbands, and we went and got more. We ran out of propane for making hot dogs. And now this year, it's probably going to be, be more than just one day. Maybe it will be one day. I don't know how Chris wants to swing it yet, but um, I'm running sound. That's what we do every year. We roll up, run sound, have a, a big presence, and there's just like a hundred bands. I've already started. There has already been talk about Yardstock 2K15, and I just I, I just wanted to be here already. So <laughs> I, I've been involved. I, I want to get a headliner that would be into playing in the middle of nowhere to a bunch of people in tents 
That's always like the coolest environment, like that like festival type environment, you know. Absolutely. Like it brings something new to the table that, you know, at regular local shows, which them themselves, you know, e- even local shows are cool. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, like festivals are like a whole different beast, you know. Of course. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping to have a lot of shows in leading up to that. And I'm also booking a summer tour right now. Uh, I don't know who on the label will be on the tour, but I have a couple hookups in Ocean City, Maryland at a skate shop where we're going to throw a hardcore show. And I feel like it's going to spill out onto the boardwalk, and that's my hope. I hope I want to cause as much of a ruckus as possible without getting arrested or charged or getting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he doesn't. I'm, I'm freaking 19 years old. <laughs> you can't have a rap rap load just yet. <laughs> I mean, I already got a piece record. So, yeah. it didn't take much long for me to turn 21. Maybe in a few seconds. <laughs> no. Bottom line, it's okay. We're we're all good guys. We just get in trouble for stupid shit. Like it just gets rowdy. Like, <laughs> oh, I was actually supposed to film it. Oh, Dennis, don't get arrested. I might. <laughs> in all technicalities, there could be a warrant for me right now because I was supposed to send in citations yesterday. Well, they don't know you're here unless they're watching. They're watching. They're gonna end up at your door in like twenty minutes. <laughs> the, the cops are watching Babe talk, and they're like, "You see the shit that these guys are talking about us." <laughs> they're talking about us. Talking all the shit about us. Now, um, speaking of the festivals, that's actually not the only festival that you, uh, you guys put on, right? Yeah, we do a lot of stuff like that. We often do like one or two day things. A lot of bands. Even the shows we throw normally, like normally, the show will have like five bands, plus six bands. We push the envelope. Just because we, we're, we're so used to having a lot of bands change on and off, and we usually book bands that are cool with using the same gear and stuff like that, uh, we'll go as high as 12 on a show. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I've been to shows in New York where there's like 12 bands, and they're just one after another, and you like to stay in the venue the whole time. I think that's pretty sweet. I, I'd like to continue on with that. And um, I've also been trying to book up, I, I was mentioning Binkerton. I just wanted to drop, my friends in Lila Ignite just dropped a, a two- CD record, twenty songs on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're Light Light Night is also another really good band. I saw them play uh, in um, the garage of uh, Henry from Survey Says. They played a show at his house, and uh, then they, and they were pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, my, my friend was talking to uh, the lead singer about say anything, you know, because I think he has like a say anything tattoo or something like that. Yeah, uh, Ty has a lot of say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but Lila yeah, Ignite is definitely uh, a good band, you know. Summer Holds the Earth is the band I sing in. Went on tour with Lila Ignite for their Light Up the World record release in 2013 after I came home from Germany. And that was actually one of the first times we ever played at Cardglass, which is where Yardstock happens. It was a crazy time. It was, like, it was only like the fourth day into tour, and I was already burnt out. Oh, man. <laughs> We were just going hard. We would like we would play the show, and we would drive to the next city right then. And we would find a place. We usually had a, an accommodation with, with somebody we were playing with. We got to sleep on a few stages. We played in Maryland. We played at, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the band Modern Baseball, but we played. Yeah. Um, Brandon threw us a show. 
us and Lila and the 180 really? average American. It was it was a pretty sweet show. It was actually in his house in Maryland in Knoxville, which is cool. He he really came through and opened up with that show. But it was just a lot of fun doing that. The guys on Lila are awesome. I mean, anybody watching that doesn't listen to Lila and Knight. Yeah, I know that uh, that fellow Bape Talk panelist, uh, Ashley Nicole, is a big Lila Ignite fan. So. As she should. So <laughs> shout out to her. Shout out to her. She's in Las Vegas as of right, right now. Is why she's going to be on the show. Yeah, this is like her first like night not being on the show since her, you know. Debut. Yeah, yeah her debut. <laughs> now, Mike, my, 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 my last question that I had wanted to know. Um, out of all the work that you guys have put in, um, with all the work that you guys do with doing the merch, with doing the recordings, with doing demos, with doing the, the festivals, um, what could you attribute to be your best moment doing this, or why, or why, what keeps you going? Like, like, why in the, would you want to put this much work in and still be burnt out at the end of the week and be like, oh, you know what, this keeps me going? See a new faces. I was just about to say that. Back that local music is coming back in Wolf Fair. I can't explain it. It's, it's so far past stoke. I, I don't think there's a word for it, really. Um, but aside from that, I think that uh, what keeps me going is just that. Like, when, when I was a bright-eyed 14-year-old kid going to hardcore shows at Metro and, like, getting really excited about it, like... I'm glad that I see people that are coming to the shows that we throw and the shows that happen in Wolf's Fair, and I see that same look, and I get those same feels. Cause I'm like, that kid gets it. That kid's going to be my age in doing this. Like, that's what makes me so happy about it. Um, as for a defining moment, when I watched the sun rise over Yardstock 2K14, <laughs> and I saw all the trash and all the band equipment, and I was standing there, I'm like, this is what I love to do. Like, huh. I had this moment, I was way overtired, it was right in the middle of our tour that we did with Social Loafers this past summer. I was really tired. I mean, I've already said that, but I can't even explain how tired I was. <laughs> it was crazy. I just had, I had this realization that, that local music is worth investing in. And then there's just a continuum going on. I feel I feel honored to be a part of that here. And I, I feel like it's it needs that it needs to be done. It's a necessary not evil, but it's a necessary asset to any community. It's not normally looked in such a bright light by the average community. People are like, oh you're going to hardcore shit. Mm -hmm. But do you understand what it all you guys do is punch each other? They do this thing called moshing. I mean, I like punching my friends, but I'm not just gonna punch random people, and I'm not gonna certainly just like break my friend's nose for no good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think I think it's it's good. You know, would you rather have a kid on psychotropic medication? Or a kid letting off just some much-needed steam at a hardcore show? Or would you rather a kid out slashing tires or, like, jumping on people at a hardcore show? Or doing drugs or just being at a hardcore show? Like, there's a lot of trade-off, and I'm sure there has to be empirical research to say it as to whether or not that actually happens. But I've seen kids at shows that would normally not be there if there wasn't a show. 
and I've seen kids evolve into it. I've seen kids get really excited by it. People have told me directly that, that the music that they support and make and that has changed them. And as long as I hear, like, I heard that once, that was enough for me. That made it all worth it. Like, what we're doing here is bigger than us. So that, that's what keeps me going. With and that, same question. Yeah, I'm sorry. With that, I was going to have to say um, Dead End Path is just about done practicing, so I have to go down there. That's what I'm saying. I'm getting I'm getting the talk over my shoulder because 10:30 is when we're in the class. So I'm going to leave it here. I appreciate you guys having me on the show, and I'm going to let Dennis and DKB close it out. Is that cool? Do you have anything? That's else? absolutely beautiful. It was a fantastic having you on the show. Yeah. Right. Hell yeah, dude. Thank you so much. Yeah, but no for having us. Absolutely, it's 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 awesome to. Oh, if I start this, I'm going to keep going. It's just awesome to see people like you know still really involved in their own scene and wanting to like you know nurture that right then and there. Like like you guys are literally like like the watering can that's going across like all these. Uh, you're you're in your scene right right now and helping sprout so many other bands to try and progress their way out here while still maintaining your scene to like you know bring more more kid kids in. So you're like you know making like this incredible garden of of like. Local music. It's, it's, well, that's a metaphor. It's a good metaphor. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That you guys are the garden. It's beautiful. <laughs> but um, just just for anybody, a little bit. This isn't really shameless self promotion because I'm promoting a lot of fans right now. But everything on timetablerecords.bandcamp.com is free. Go hit it up. Not everything. Like if you have to order a shirt, of course, there's shipping and stuff. But all the music for download is free. So please check that out again. Timetablerecords.bandcamp.com. I got it right up here on the the showcase for everyone to see. Sweet. There you go. Thank you so much for for having that up for us. Hey, absolutely, Derek. It was awesome to talk with you, man. Awesome. Thank you again for having us. Absolutely. I hope we'll at some point again. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 make it a point to try and skip with everyone. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you again. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Is this the part where we exit? So we find our way. Oh, are we? Oh, oh, Dennis, you're gonna go too? I don't know. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask the same question to to, to Dennis. That's what what keeps him going with the um. In that case, yeah, I will go. Dennis will close it out for him. Thank you again. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll talk. <laughs> Peace. I drop a lot on your shoulders anyway. You drop everything on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, Dennis, I was going to extend uh, the same question over to you as to um. What keeps you motivated? What was the, the moment of realization that you were like, you know what, I did, this is something that I want to keep doing, and like, why in the world you would actually want to put this much energy into one thing? Like I said before, just like seeing new faces that shows new people coming out to it. Like I, I can't even say anything because he covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He covered like everything. Yeah, just like seeing like you'll see a bunch of people at one show and then throw another show two weeks later, and then you'll see, like, maybe four or five new faces. Not many, but something to start, and then just keeps getting bigger and bigger. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it gets the ball rolling. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, again, like, like I said, it's fantastic seeing um, like-minded people one-on-one to, like, like, you know, cultivate what, what they have in their own scene and try and do something for the betterment of everyone within the same community. Because that's what it is. We're all one big-ass community, and we all need to watch out for each other. There's no such thing as boundaries of people or races. It's just humans. Absolutely. 
because we're all in it for the same thing. Right. Like, 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 if we each had, like, you know, each separate goal and be like, oh, I want to start a band and then, then, like, you know, be my own self. I don't want to talk to you, you, you. That, that's not how, how it is. If you want to come into to a scene, you're going to want to, you know, network around people, the like-minded people who have the same goals. The end goal is just making music. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think that one Less Than Jake song pretty much perfectly summed it up. All my friends are metalheads. <laughs> same. <laughs> same. Oh, I can't. But yeah, it was fantastic talking to. to yeah, that. yeah. I was a friend of, also part of the band of Social Lopez and Kuhosiata. His name is uh, Danny, and he is a giant metalhead. Like he loves like any sort of metal, especially like Pantera and such. Anything from, like the '90s and on. Yeah. He's got a dime bag Daryl beard. Yeah, he's actually well, getting <laughs> Oh dear God, that's beautiful. But yeah, I think that's actually where we're gonna call show. Um, again, this is Dennis from Time Table Records, and it and it's been fantastic to to actually talk to someone that's want to do something great. Oh, same, same here. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys have, have any news that come, comes out of your, your guys' collective, easily shoot it right over to Babe Talk and we'll absolutely promote it and, and start a networking thing. That's right. Thank you absolutely. very much for having us on. And what? Thank you for having us on tonight. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we wouldn't yeah, be a show. Cool. It was cool guests. having it was cool having everybody on, I mean. Yeah, literally everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I turn on my computer, I'm like, oh, there are a lot of people in here now. Yeah, that's what we do. We hold up the shows and just everything. Lots of people. More people than we need. <laughs> and it's been fantastic. It's still good, though. It's still good. But, yeah, from from me, from Alex, from from, from Glenn, it was a nice talking to you. And enjoy your night. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All of us at Tables. You, too. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Yes, sir. All right. Night, guys. Good night, night. pal.